the Spanish announce table. All right, Tom, we are back. Spanish announce table. I didn't even check what episode number this is, and I kind of don't give a damn uh, because, you know, you guys, what is you guys time? will be in the description. What is time, Tim? Right? That's what are we doing? Who knows? Coronavirus. That's one thing. Here's a hot take before we get into other stuff, and I didn't prepare you for this. Uh, I don't trust calendars anymore. Have I told you that? No. Why not? I don't. I don't trust calendars. I don't think back in the days when they didn't know how to make fucking tennis shoes that they knew how to count days properly because I've been in this coronavirus stay-at-home thing and I get my days confused on if it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I don't think back then, especially with entertainment markers, that they knew what day it was. So I don't trust it's 2020 even at all. So there, calendars are bullshit. I changed my mind. I saw a... <laughs> there is... um Not that... The, I mean, it's a conspiracy theory. Do not get me wrong. But it's one that's kind of like given half-ish credibility by some historians in that it might not be 2020 in because there was one era in like the caesar times where somebody wanted it like to be uh later because they wanted to fulfill a prophecy right so they changed the damn calendars uh everywhere and then like one of the dark age or you know not dark age but like one of these kind of yeah maybe dark age times or something like another thing where like you know, some ruler changed the calendars or something. They were like, there There may have been some moments in history where, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 we might not oh, actually yeah. be in 2020. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. 2020, are we here? That's that's going to be the, this year's motto. 2020, really? Is it, is it really? <laughs> um, is it really? Well, I don't want to know what the real 2020 is like if the fake 2020 is this goddamn. Well, you've been having a good 2020. And don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, not everything is bad about 2020, but we have seen some bizarre shit. I will say that. Yeah, my 2020, like Thomas McCullough, T-Max 2020 has been fucking awesome. I've I, like I obviously empathize with what's going on in all different aspects, both uh, socially and medically. But for me, like if you were just to have a camera on me, whew, my football team won the Super Bowl. True. I got married. I'm still working. Uh, I got a great phone. We're bring, bringing back the podcast. I mean, what the fuck is going on? What's wrong in my life? Not a goddamn thing. I, I am having the best year. I understand that that seems really insensitive when you consider everything else around. But again, for me, keep the good times rolling. Yeah. Um, well, the good times right? are rolling. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody could just, you know, be Tom. Then everything would be yeah, better. Yeah, just just put your faith and trust and energy and emotion towards me, and you'll be so much better for everyone. No, I'm kidding. Um, let's get into some real shit before we get back to the silliness of our uh, wrestling podcast. Tim, you were a part of um, some some events, so I don't want to speak for you. So go ahead and. Tell us what you were up to, and then I will get back to the silliness of what I was up to. So the floor is yours. Yeah, we will, and we're going to get into a lot of silliness, right? We got some stuff to cover from, uh, you know, our our picks of AEW uh, from last uh, week, and you know, we're going to talk wrestling. We're going to have a great time um, this weekend. I went down and joined in, in Kansas City, where we're from, because you know, as Tom mentioned, the, you know, where the Chiefs are, who who won the Super Bowl. You remember that, Tom? 
Oh, I certainly do. I love it. Um, I went down and joined uh, on the Country Club Plaza, the Black Lives Matter protest. I was there Friday night and Sunday night because uh, I do uh, believe Black Lives Matter. And, um, you know, it, look, it's a hot button issue and people know our stance a lot from old listeners. And if people aren't, if look, it, I don't want to get into a fight with anybody. But if you honestly are upset about me saying that, feel free. I'm at the awesome voice on Twitter. You can ask me why. Right. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, grew up in, in small town Kansas in a, in a police family, right? Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you. Like, we can discuss it, right? Um, but we went down there to support, and it was tense. I'm not going to lie, Tom. Friday was – it was it was tense enough that, like, it, it ran through you, right? Like, it, as as I've been a outspoken, vocal, you know, supporter of human rights for a long time, right? But it, it really, like, it, you could just tell everybody, like, you – built so the group mentality there is it's kind of hard to not get angry yourself there right oh yeah um and uh, well there were some real close incidents uh, a couple times the people were marching the streets and the cops wanted them out of the streets and the cops came out shaking this was friday night before everything kind of got worse you know tear gas and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and then oh, uh, we know. left <laughs> and came back sunday for the big like it was the big official one um a lot of stuff went down you know uh, you know i'll i'll spare a lot of the details but um i think it's important you know um there's a lot it's pretty clear you know i I think for anybody with with some rational thought to him that there's a problem and there's things we can do and and uh everybody right no matter what race or creed or whatever you are there's things we can do and uh just maybe that's my call to you right like do something that's maybe somewhat uncomfortable for you that that should help the situation right if it's if it's you're a white person and it's talking to a black person you don't know, like I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you a lot of them are just looking for that right now, right? They want to be heard, they want to be seen, and they want to be believed, and they want to be felt like they, they're they're concerned about, you know? Um I guess. Yeah, you know? and I'll just yeah. yeah, I'll I'll just jump in just to kind of back you up as far as I agree with you. Now the reason why I didn't attend uh these protests is uh where they were located. Uh, it was about mm, half a mile away from the house. Like, so from Friday evening, about three thirty to last night at mm, 10 was just the national guard helicopter, just consistently flying over my house. It was just, there was plenty of times where it didn't get to me as far as like in my face, but to give you an idea of how close it was, I could see a mist. I'm assuming of, pepper spray, mm-hmm. uh, tear gas, whatever it was. So from my perspective, I support that. But if anything were to go sideways, I'm not leaving my house to just, you know, be oh, yeah. empty at that time. Well, and that's the thing, and, you know, uh, not to interrupt you too quick, but not everybody has to be a protester, right? Like I said, do just find something that's, you know what I mean? Maybe out of your comfort zone that you think will help and do it. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, and now let's get into the silliness. Uh, and I couldn't attend on Saturday because as, uh, we promised you, uh, the listener, uh, I had to pay my debt losing the AEW double or nothing picks. And, uh, if you haven't go to our Facebook page, uh, Spanish announce table, um, and you can see me suffer as I had a good portion of the bomb hot sauce, uh, Tim, I'm going to tell you, it was miserable. Uh-huh. I didn't enjoy any of it. Here's the kicker, really? I though. thought it was great. You didn't so, enjoy it? No, didn't enjoy it one bit. So I was prepared 
because uh, I've seen the, the show, as I mentioned, you'll if you've seen the show Hot Ones, you've seen celebrities eat the uh, hot sauce. And I think I had more than them. I really do. And I think because it wasn't cooked like in a chicken wing, it was probably a little worse. But that's me just, you know, siding on my side and trying to make myself feel better. But I was prepared for the hotness that would hit my mouth, right? I instantly started sweating. I was uncomfortable. It was fun. It was giddy. Uh, and I was suffering, right? that lasted about 20 minutes and that was okay. Like I can mentally prepare for like, Oh, this is really hot in my mouth. Blah, 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 blah. What I did not anticipate. And this is what was a kick right in the dick is after that had gone away and I was digesting the food. Once it hit my sternum and my like intestines, it was so hot. I considered putting an ice pack on my stomach. Like that's how hot it was. I was like, it was so uncomfortable for a solid 12 to 15 minutes of just squirming and just not feeling comfortable stretching in places. I've never stretched before mm, yeah. bending over to touch my toes to see if that would help drinking more ice water and milk, just anything. So Tom, and it was miserable. When you suggested this uh, for full disclosure, we did a fire and ice because Tom suggested this, that either one of us would do this thing. Yeah. And I'm an yeah. old man who ate like shit for the first 30 some years of his life. And as such, I've, you know, uh, struggles with the old GI GERD stuff and the acid reflux. And so there's times, Tom, uh, where if I'm not checking my meds and eating right, I might feel somewhat like that to begin with. So I already was like, nope, nope, nope. I might blow a hole in the side of my gut. So we'll, we'll do something different. <laughs> so I'm glad you kind of, uh, you know, you, you welcome to my world for a little bit there, Tom. Isn't that fun? Oh, yeah. And again, there was no like heartburn. Right. Like, you know, mm -hmm. with, yeah. with that typical like it was lower. blockage it was lower in your gut, chest. Right? Oh, it was right there in the sternum, yeah. right where your stomach uh, hits the like middle it just part of your feels like ribs. somebody's kind of punching in and out of your stomach. <laughs> no, 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 no. Again, it was just hot. Oh, you're Imagine saying hot? If oh, so I were... yeah, 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 right, 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 right. Um, yeah, yeah just... right, yeah, because yeah, my yeah, my stuff is more like a chron, you know, like a reoccurring. But oh. yes, um, oh. yeah, I'm sure. Misery. I'm sure it was probably just like jalapeno, just juice running through, huh? Oh, and it smelled horrible. Like, I don't under, I, I mean, I might try it again later, but it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, but hey, let's move on. So, you know, it was not bad this week, hmm. in my opinion. AEW Dynamite. What'd you think about Dynamite this week? I mean, I do not think it was bad. I think it um, it got better halfway through for me. It was running a little slow, but I also was like, okay, look, it's it's like the restart. They've got to get storylines in place, um, which I liked. I like some of the things they're kind of sprinkling in and doing things. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, again, they've never given anything, you know, below a C at worst that I've seen so far. Yeah, I really like this episode, uh, unlike last week's episode because it got away from the sticky headline news and you know yahoo sports or the athletic where mike tyson is standing in the ring like it got back to why i like pro wrestling right it was storylines it was the tag team champs now obviously coronavirus has uh derailed their long reign as far as like match quality and stuff like that because uh hangman quarantined and kenny omega was uh, at the tapings, but this is their first match, I think, since the epidemic hit. And so to see the tag champs back in action and to see FTR sitting in the um, in the crowd, air quotes, watching their match, uh, it was good to get back to and focus on like wrestling. Right. So some people that I, you know, the Dark Order approaching Colt Cabana, things like that uh, made me 
like this episode way more than just the headline grabs of famous person in ring with pro wrestler. Everyone look, you know, so I was way more satisfied this week than last week. But you want to start kind of doing a recap of that and then we can touch on uh, NXT and then later on we'll do our NXT takeover in your house picks. What do you think about that, Tim? I think that's a great plan. You always have great plans, the best plans. Um, yeah, let's just get into it. AEW Dynamite, right? Let's pull up the results. And, oh, yeah. All right, so we kicked this off with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega defending the titles against Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. What are your thoughts? So my favorite part of the whole match wasn't actually uh, Kip Sabian or Jimmy Havoc. It was Penelope Ford trying to do the Hurricane Rana and Adam Page just stopping her. And then the ref turns and looks and he's like, yeah, I don't know what she's trying to do. She's trying to, I had to stop her. And like she stopped midway through and then she gets kicked out of the, uh, kicked out, uh, out of ringside. Uh, that was my favorite spot because I'd, I've never seen at least that I can recall someone getting stopped mid hurricane Rana. And then it just all like, yeah, what were you doing about that? And then she kind of just had pie on her face. Uh, and it was also good to see Kenny Omega and hangman page as your tag team champions compete. Like I said, I think this is the first time since we started this new normal that they've competed as champs. Uh, so it was good to see, you know, a, a normal tag team champion uh, wrestling match and Kip Sabian, and Jimmy Havoc, I don't know where they really go from here because uh, you start to look around and as people come back, you know, from out of the country back in, uh, I don't know where they're going to fit because then you still got the Lucha Bros. You still now you have FTR. Uh, you still have the best friends. You have um, Private Party. It's like, well, where does this team fit? So curious to see if maybe they break off or if they keep going. I don't know, but uh, they might get lost in the shuffle, which would be uh would be sad because I'm a big fan of Kip Sabian and Penelope, Penelope Ford. I think they're a, a good tandem. I, I like watching them on my TV. I mean, I think they are. They, they do put on a good show, but I also haven't, like, nothing's hooked me on them, I don't think. Um, and Jimmy Now Havoc, you're talking about Kip Sabian? Yeah, Kip Sabian and um, uh-huh. Penelope, Ford. Penelope Ford. Yeah. And then Jimmy Havoc, you know, um, I don't know. I just don't, I never, another one like the Jeff Hardy for me where I'm just like, yeah, all right. I see why people like him, but. I don't know, you know, so, well, for me, for me with Jimmy Havoc, the reason why I'm not a hundred percent sold either way is they keep telling me about how brutal and how, you know, diabolical he is in matches, Which you know, but I can't, has a but I can't think of, well, okay. But if I don't know your career, which full transparency, I don't, I haven't seen you done. Like, what have you done? What's so brutal about you? You know what I mean? Like, you went through a table. So did jungle boy. Like, what is it that makes you so brutal? Like, let's give it to me. You know what I'm saying? Like do it on dark on your, your YouTube show or something, but I don't know why he's known as this rough and tumble. And I don't want to do research. I want to be shown like, here's the big show for you. Show me what you got. You know? Exactly. Yeah. We got to see him damn near kill somebody. Right. Yeah. Or kill himself. Something like that. I mean, not kill himself, but you know what I mean? Like do a big spot. Uh, so yeah, give it to me, Kip, or uh, not kill Kip himself, Sabian, but not Jimmy kill Havoc. Right? Yeah, you know, do something crazy. Because really, the the most violent match was Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Yeah. Not well, and I, you know, I kind of was hoping that they would have given the titles to Sabian and Havoc here because, like, I I just Omega and Page. I'm like, both of these guys are. I'm I'm also not 
one that I don't really see the allure to Omega as much. I mean, entering again, great, but outside of it, I'm like, this guy looks like a crowd member to me. You know what I mean? Like, other than that, and then um, Hangman Page just is, he's, I'm, I'm kind of getting on your train almost. Like, this guy needs to, this guy needs to go do his thing, right? Like, he needs to be one of the poster childs. Think of the merch they could have around this dude, like, Hangman, right? Well, and it's obvious that they believe that somewhat because, I mean, the first AEW championship match was Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page. Now, I think since that match, he's done nothing but improve his stock in the company. And, yeah, I'm I'm excited, you know, maybe at Fighter Fest when uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page take on Best Friends because what better tag team to have as, as your tag team champions than a tag team called Best Friends? Anyhow, Um you know, maybe that's where the swerve happens, but I want to see, yeah, Hangman Page be like a a Stone Cold slash Sting type, where it's like a loner who doesn't say much, comes in, kicks your ass, jumps on his horse, and yeah. rides Always off into the sunset. Always does some iconic cowboy shit, right? Right, but also has that Sting vibe where it's like, hey, I'm not here to cut a promo this week. Like, fuck that. You're not yeah, going to hear. He's from almost me, the, you know? the um, kind of the the. Well, Steve Austin was that thing, right? The the alt hero, right? The uh, the anti hero, yeah. right? Where mm-hmm. he's dark, right. mysterious, right? But he's troubled or something, right? You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I want him, Hangman Page, that is, to have a different focus than the Authority, which Stone Cold Steve Austin was known for. Uh, but yeah, just that singular. Maybe it's the inner circle, circle, right? Like he doesn't get along with the elite. He feels like he's undervalued, so he leaves them. But he still has this out for Chris Jericho or the inner circle or you know whoever that singular force is that is keeping him away from his goal uh, or what he sees isn't you know right in the world of AEW. That should be his driving force. So I, but I love Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. I'll tell you, I was a little bit like you. But he hasn't done enough nerdy shit on TV in AEW for me to hate him. Like, I liked his matches with John Moxley. Um, and he's really just been consistent with his in-ring work. When I went to go see the show uh, in February in Kansas City, that 30-minute Iron Man match that he had with Pac really won me over. Uh, but he hasn't done any of the nerd stuff that I used to hate him for. So maybe that's why I'm liking him a little bit more than usual. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's move on. We've covered that one pretty good. Um, oh, Brian Cage, Sean Dean, which, of course, you know, Brian Cage is just going to destroy this guy, right? Yeah, and I think uh, the coolest part of this match wasn't the actual match. It was the post-match uh, yes. promo from Taz, which, man, he reminds you, like, when he's pissed off, he can cut a hell of a promo, and I think he did here. John Moxley, again, you know, he came in and he was, you know, I wasn't smiling because I was laughing at you. I was smiling because yeah, I like the fight. Yeah, it was not a bad fight. promo. Th- I, it was good. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But again, eh, I'm kind of off on the John Moxley train. Uh, but Taz was the one who really I came away with like, fuck yeah, Taz. Like, have Brian Cage be your muscle, but you keep cutting these fire-ass promos. I liked it. Yeah. Um, Taz, yes. Again, and he looks all, at this point now in his age and size that he's getting like, he almost looks like, He's that mob boss, and he's just now he's pissed mm-hmm. and he's unloading on you. And Brian Cage looks like that muscle bound, you know, uh, dude ready to just rip you apart at his, you know, it's this barking dog. So um, it works great. I, yeah, it, more Taz, uh, you know, uh, couldn't hurt. So 
Um, and yeah, again, Moxley, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't get the feel they're going to strap up Cage with this thing. So I think he'll come out of this uh, in the end, but more, more time to come on that, right? Before we have to lock in any picks or anything. But uh, yeah, yeah. I would say early indications, at least for me, because of how good the storytelling has been from AEW. Uh, I would expect somehow Darby Allen cost Brian Cage the match against Moxley because he has this beef with Taz and Cage uh, from the latter match. So that would be an early indication. Again, more story could be told that would change that direction, but that's what I'm guessing right now. Somewhere in there we got, I don't know if I'm jumping around a little bit, but uh, you know, this, this is showing mostly matches here, but we got a uh, Matt Hardy in the private party segment. I don't know what you thought about that and where that may be leading the Hardy party. It sounds like. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. You know, like, again, it's a good way to get a young tag team uh, not lost in the shuffle, right? Give them a veteran. It it, it almost, you know, they referenced how the private party uh, reminded uh, Matt Hardy of the Hardy Boys. This almost feels like a pairing of Michael P.S. Hayes with the Hardy Boys, right? This old veteran uh, who likes this young tag team. Maybe that's where they're going with it. But uh, And I also liked at the very end when Hardy was leaving – and he looked at Sammy Guevara and he's like, respect. And Sammy's like, really? Because it almost looked like Sammy was expecting a golf cart around right. the corner. And, and, you know, so I don't know. Maybe we're getting a, a baby face turn from Sammy Guevara down the road. I don't know. But uh, I thought that was an interesting little tidbit at the well, end of that Well, he's kind of the uh, only video. one that could do it. Right? I mean, Jericho will eventually be a face at some point in AEW. But um, Hager's never really probably going to be. And LAX, I mean, might, right, at some point, but they're better off as heels, right? Um, uh, you know, so, yeah, if, the, if one's going to, like, get the boot or, you know, become the fighting the inner, or leaving the inner circle, probably be Sammy Guevara, which would be cool. It would be a good, fun storyline. Mm-hmm, definitely. And speaking of the inner circle, we got uh, Boom Boom taking on Le Champion. Um, and also, you know, another promo afterwards. Uh, this was all I, – I enjoyed all of this. What a crazy thought, though. Two guys who have been around, you know, Jericho, I think, going on 30 years and uh, Cole Cabana going on 20. They've never had a match together. At least that's what the narrative that was told to me. And I, you know, I'm not going to do too much research, but I think that's true. And that's kind of crazy. Don't you think like two veterans of that much, you know, stature in both of their careers never facing off? Uh, I thought the match was fine. I thought it was good. Um I loved, so let's get into the post-match, right? So Jericho wins with the Judas effect. It was a really fine match. Uh, Definitely didn't hate it at all. But the two things that left after this match, first off, Colt Cabana getting the promo from uh, Brody Lee and, again, joined the Dark Order. And Colt Cabana, like he did the previous week, didn't necessarily refuse the Dark Order, took the water, drank the water. Um We'll see where that goes. That would be cool because that would be a high-ranking member, air quotes, in the Dark Order if he joins with Brody Lee. So I'm interested in that. Uh, and then Jericho asking for the baddest, you know, baddest guy in the baddest motherfucker in the world, or whatever you're saying. And uh, the the baddest motherfucker did walk out. Orange Cassidy, huh? What do you think about that? Uh, that was fun, dude. <laughs> like, like I want the baddest man on the planet, and then. <laughs> It just fits so great. Um, I, I like it. I, I like how they seem to be wanting to give him a little bit of a rub, too. With You know, Jericho's been kind of, you know, there was a backstage segment, where, you know, when he was like, I'm kidding. So they're coming to a head at some point. That'll be fun. 
Yeah, and how he how he evaded both clotheslines and then uh, rolled out to the ring, and the best friends just happen to be right there in the crowd, and they pick him up over the guardrail, and they just walk off into the sunset. Like, how fucking cool is that? Uh, what do you think about the Colt Cabana thing, though? Do you think he does join, or do you think this is where we're going to get a match against uh, Brody Lee? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's a rough one. I mean, my indication that right now, as you ask me that, is that, yeah, he's going to – it's maybe going to be like a Daniel Bryan joins the Wyatt family kind of thing, right? Where we think it's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And then he whoop, mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. Right. And then, you know, they go into a thing. Cause yeah. I just don't know. That would be a big change from Cole Cabana. It might be a welcome change. I mean, he's done this shtick for ever. I mean, I mean, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think he was a little bit of a heel, uh, in the seven stages of hell with uh, Adam Pierce, maybe in like two of those seven matches, depending on where they were. But yeah, he's always been the likable thumbs up guy. And so maybe he goes into this dark, sinister, stone cold face, you know, almost Jake Hager like in the inner circle. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting because I don't think Colt Cabana is. I think Colt Cabana is creative enough to where he recognizes what you said and doesn't want to do that. Right. So I would think there's going to be something original about whatever they're about to do. And that's why I'm interested in it. Yeah. That could be interesting. Yeah. It, it, again, their storytelling has been unique too. There's no real patterns uh, that we've seen. So it'll be interesting. I do agree with that. After that, we got big swole versus Nyla Rose. And this is a good match. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just, every time I see big swole, I'm like, you're like the smaller one in the ring at the time. You know, like I don't, I don't comparatively to a lot of women wrestlers sure she's bigger but like in this match you're if i'm if i'm looking at this and i just tune in you're like we got big swole versus nyla rose i'm immediately thinking it's the other way around oh yeah but i've always thought of it uh big swole not necessarily of the stature but it's like uh very similar to like ach right attitude charisma heart it's that thing it's not necessarily the stature of the person it's the i've got the biggest heart Uh, i've got the go get them attitude she's a likable person i like that but before this match i want to get into the to the promo package for Britt baker did you see that god that was before yes that was so fun she's trying to do the ropes (laughs) uh you know what i mean and then the guy hands her what like a 10 pound weight and she couldn't hold yeah How great was this? And then Tony Schiavone, for whatever reason, shows up at the end to encourage her to wheel up the uh, hill. I thought that promo package was so great. Yeah, uh, flexing because Rebel uh, pushed her, you know, from left to right on the football yeah. field or whatever it was. Yeah, it was so great. This Britt Baker thing. Yeah, Britt Baker could be the best gimmick in 2020 so far for me. Heal Britt Baker. I, I there hasn't been a misstep so far. And so like you said, Nyla Rose, Big Swole has their match. I think the right person won and and Nyla Rose. Uh but Big Swole cuts a promo saying, you know, it's good to be back, yada yada. And Britt Baker is just harassing her in her Rolls Royce and then like runs into the barricade. So then Big Swole's like, all right, bitch, here's a fucking chair. And then they drive off uh Britt Baker and Rebel. So I thought, yeah, Britt Baker. I'm kind of rambling here, but Britt Baker is just top notch. She is as good of a heel uh, in the women's division as like right when Charlotte went heel on the main roster, you know, like when they had their NXT thing. And then uh, when she finally turned heel uh, and left the uh, page and and Becky Lynch uh, trio and went heel. And I thought she was the best heel in 
pro wrestling, I'm almost feeling that way about Britt Baker. She is just doing everything perfect. I agree. She is doing uh, great, especially without having to get in the ring and do anything. Like, it's all just – it's going to be so – if they keep hitting, you know, bangers out with, with these great, like, promos and fun videos, like, it's going to be a huge return when she comes back. And Tony Schiavone. That's so funny. I just <laughs> – I love Tony Schiavone in this. It makes no sense. It's so great. All right. I'm sorry. What's next? Uh, yeah, we talked about Big Swole and Nyla Rose. We said that, right? Um, uh, oh, then Schiavone interviewed FTR. And they explained that their name doesn't mean it means whatever the hell they want it to mean. Uh, I did like kind of their attitude, right? I like how they were like, whenever he was like, oh, I thought it meant this. And I go, of course you would think it would mean that. You know what I mean? Like, I like how they were kind of like, yeah, sure. Like, everybody fucking sucks around here. And we're going to show you, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. So, yeah, not terrible, but I, you know what I mean? These guys are also, I always felt like these guys are always solid, right? Yeah. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Butcher and the Blade, which all of a sudden, are they in an episode of Miami yeah, Vice? They about? went from like, I don't know. It seems weird. Hey, maybe it's welcome, right? Maybe they're like, yeah, the whole uh, gimmick, uh, you know, uh, SM thing yeah. maybe isn't for us, so let's go this way. I'm okay with that, but it, I don't know why. That's one of the rare things that hasn't been explained. Because yeah, they showed up but looking yeah, like they were in a, in a you know 1847 horror movie setting. You know, it was weird. You're right, and now they look like yeah, they're just jumped off of a boat, like getting, you know, going fresh off their spray tan, ready. To- yeah, about to do three lines of coke or something. Maybe they did. Uh, I yeah, hey, credit to them. Who cares? Florida. Um, yeah. FTR, though, I did like how they named every tag team except for the Young Bucks yes. on who they wanted to face. And that was good. That was fine. Uh, even though I'm glad that they're going to start with Butcher and the Blade, I kind of selfishly want them to just get past this Young Bucks thing. I don't want this to be uh and then next month, oh, no, that's, they yeah, that's, stared no, at that's each other. That's going to be for their biggest. What's their biggest? It's It's all in or... Yeah, but I'm just hoping like it happens what I'm saying in like two weeks. Like let's just get it done. I'm just I'm over it. You know, I've had all these years of back and forth on Twitter, yada yada yada. Let's just get the payoff now. Um so yeah, we'll see what they're like in the ring outside of a WWE ring next week on Dynamite. But uh yeah, solid promo. Thought it was really good. All right, then we got the TNT championship match. The American Nightmare Cody defended against Jungle Boy in this match. Went balls to the wall. What are your thoughts? Is Cody, so I know I said that the best gimmick for me uh, so far in 2020 is uh, Britt Baker. And I know last year when we were kind of doing our top five favorite pro wrestlers, I had Cody in there, but towards the bottom of my top five, or maybe we did a top 10. But this year, just everything Cody does feels big time. It feels important. I mean, think of a WWE show where the Intercontinental Championship match closes the show and feels as important as the world championship match. Right. And that's what this felt like, you know, with AEW Cody just feels big time. He feels like you should be watching him because you don't know what's going to happen. And I like it. I don't know how long this will last. Cause he said, he's going to do uh, the defending the championship every single week. So next week it's uh, a member of private party that he's going to face. You know, I, it seems very much like the John Cena open challenge, which I'm yeah. fine with. Well, but he's just money. But they did say um, that there was going to be out of AEW folks challenging for it, right? Or could. Um, I don't know if you saw that. 
Yeah, I did. And I think that's a great way because remember, you know, they've had one off deals uh, with some certain talents. Obviously, during the, the quarantine, it was some independent pro wrestlers just to have a warm body in the ring to wrestle. But they also did it with the Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb was a, a one night member of the inner circle. And then we've never seen him again. He's back in Ring of Honor. So it doesn't seem like they won't do business like that. So everyone talks about how uh, AEW guys went to New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? You had Jericho, I think, is still their Intercontinental Champion. John Moxley, I think, is their United States Champion over there. Don't be shocked if, you know, Japan's not doing pro wrestling matches right now. If you see some New Japan Pro Wrestlers coming over here and doing the Open Challenge, you see a Tanahashi uh, challenge on an episode of Dynamite. Japan that would be interesting. Doing matches. New Japan. I meant to say New Japan. New Japan is not doing matches right now. Oh, so just the company made that decision I, I i i thought you were saying like japan said they could not i guess i don't know i i honestly i haven't yeah, I read know. too much into it but i do know that they haven't done them around the world's covid you know yeah right but i do know that they have not ran ran a show since the epidemic uh breakout in the world uh so i know those guys and girls uh, we'll, we'll need to wrestle somewhere and they obviously have a working relationship with AEW. So that's why I wouldn't be shocked once travel restrictions are, are lifted across the world. If you do see, you know, uh, a Suzuki coming in there and challenging Cody or someone like that. So, uh, that's what I'm excited for. So what's next for jungle boy? Like when do they give this guy a payoff? Right. <laughs> well, so he got the, he got the awesome match at double or nothing with MJF. Uh, I think, you know, you build them up in the tag team division with Luchasaurus. Yeah. That's another strong tag team, you know, FTR versus Luchasaurus in three weeks. That wouldn't shock me. Private party versus Lucha, uh, or I keep saying Luchasaurus, uh, Jurassic Express, yeah. excuse me, uh, Jurassic Express versus, um, you know, the inner circle, things like that. <clears throat> That's where I would see uh, him going know, and then I breaking the off into Express something else. name and tag team names has some good lineage right with the midnight express the rock and roll express the all night express right uh you know some you know uh what when they're an express in ecw too sure i don't, I don't remember right but now but yeah nowadays when i hear a tag team name and express i'm like ah oh, you guys just gave up creatively right you couldn't come up with a <laughs> right like there was no there was nothing better than just oh it's about dinosaurs right jurassic express yeah, I like it. I like them, though. I just like I a like boy and his them. dinosaur. It doesn't bother me because I like them. They should just call it that. Yeah. A boy and his dinosaur should be the tag team name. Well, but there's two. Marco Stunt. Yeah, That's well, why. That guy. He should not hey, be there. He's, he's fun. Yeah, but he should not be there. He should be with the best friend. He's, he, he's the connection between the real world and he, nope. the prehistoric. He should be Joey Janela's little, like, mini-me character. I would love yes. that. Yeah, you have you have him do the Mizdow thing with Joey Janela. That would be yes. perfect. I would love that. That would be great. But currently, but currently he's the connection between the prehistoric age and today's age because Jungle Boy comes from that age, so does obviously uh Luchasaurus and they are brought to us by Marco Stunt. Duh. Oh, duh. Yeah, how could I miss that? Nah. Yeah. All right. So that was AEW. Again, solid week, man. Um yeah. Yeah, really good matches uh, to start and to finish the episode. I thought the tag match was a good, solid wrestling match. I thought the main event was a good, solid wrestling match. Uh, I, I do feel a little bit of what you're saying with what do you do next with Jungle Boy. We'll see, but I think the sky's the limit. Obviously, they put some stock into him with 
uh, giving him that um, first challenge to the TNT championship uh, post, you know, the inauguration of that uh, title. So, yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I was uh, thoroughly entertained. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's move on. You had some other stuff you want to bring up. I mean, you know, we're going to do NXT picks, so we'll cover kind of NXT's happenings. But Ron SmackDown, I mean, I felt like everything was just kind of moseying along. I don't even know of anything that really sticks out to me. I don't Fun fact, I don't give a shit about Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... I really don't. I think it sucks. I think it's really, really bad. I'm trying to, like, actively uh, think, think out of, like, what happened, and I can't even really remember anything right now. <laughs> Bobby Lashley's in the main event picture with Drew McIntyre. Seth Rollins is still doing really good work, but well, who cares, kind of, because you don't really have faith in the product, uh, and everything else is forgettable. Uh... But, hey, Matt Riddle's going to SmackDown. I think that was the biggest news. It was confirmed uh, last week. Uh, again, we're recording on a Thursday night, so by the time you're hearing this, SmackDown might have already aired. But Matt Riddle will be uh, transitioning to SmackDown. I'm a big fan of that. SmackDown, as far as the two shows, Raw and SmackDown, has the better in-ring wrestling with Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Nakamura, Cesaro, Chad Gable. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited for a Matt Riddle-Chad Gable match right off the jump, uh, things like that. Um, oh, the, the big Jeff Hardy was drunk and hit a Elias storyline. What's your thoughts on that initially? I just feel like everywhere Hardy goes, they start to pull this trigger now. Well, here's the stupidest thing of the damn storyline. Again, I'm trying to stay positive with AEW, uh, but I got another hot take on NXT here in a little bit. But my hot take as far as the kayfabe world of pro wrestling is, okay, you arrested Jeff Hardy because he smelled of alcohol. Uh, there was a hit and run. Elias was hit by a car. Uh, you took in Jeff Hardy. But by the end of the night, he was released because he wasn't drunk. Yet, you released him, but you didn't say anything about the fucking person that was hit by a goddamn car. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, he didn't smell like alcohol. Cool. He still might have hit someone with his vehicle. Are you going to investigate that? Dum dums. Uh, yeah, was he texting I and driving? Be too. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's just as bad. You know, I mean, it's reckless driving. I would suspect, given now the current circumstance of social uh, protest and things of that nature, maybe WWE goes away from police involvement, you know, and I'm air quoting police involvement in their storylines for the foreseeable future. Uh, so we might see that just be a one off now. Uh, but. Yeah, like you said, they pull this trigger of Jeff Hardy's a fuck-up. Isn't this crazy? And he has to prove that he's not, which yeah. is well, really sad. Because we all know he used to drink a lot. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Christ, we didn't. Right? Yeah, there's so much shit given to Eric Bischoff for what he did to Scott Hall in WCW, yet Vince McMahon has done this with Hawk uh, in LOD in WWF, and now he's doing this with Jeff Hardy twice because if you remember, the CM Punk angle was the same thing. What? McMahon uh, did it to him too, right? It's Didn't just Austin pour beer all over him and shit? Overhaul? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, uh, again, so that's Raw and SmackDown. I'm not interested yet in either show. I follow it very passively because uh, it makes me angry, and I don't want to watch things that make me angry. Speaking of, Tim, you know what made me angry this week? What's that? Drake Maverick. Why? So... I am slowly 
inching towards the finish line with my fandom of WWE. And here's why. So as you guys remember, uh, multiple on-screen characters, pro wrestlers, and backstage personnel were released because of COVID-19 and obviously the financial hit that everyone in the world has been taking. And that is a serious thing. So what does WWE do? They exploit it by having Drake Maverick, and I'm convinced of this, give a working promo that says how distraught he was of losing his job and then turns that into him losing in the finals before the Cruiserweight Championship just to give him the contract. What a fucking piece of shit storyline this is. This is so exploitive of over the 40 million people who've lost their job because of this very bad situation. And you just want to say like, Hey, but this guy embodies you. (laughs) Cheer him on. I am. Well, and as you were saying it and I was like, man, is it possible that like they did let him go? And then they saw enough backlash and we're like, Hey, okay, well we gotta let you go, but you know what? Maybe we can find a spot in NXT and we'll work the storyline. But even at that, you could have just done something different. Like this, the storyline is still kind of a slap in the face. It's such a slap in the face, and it's just another insult to a wrestling fan of the bullshit. Oh yeah, that WWE how many wrestling pulls. fans probably are of that forty million? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's in bad taste. It's tone deaf. It's just screams silly McMahon. and nonsense. Yeah, and it just screams. Yeah, let's lowest common denominator. What can we do? Let's just exploit it for our own financial gain and have this guy get a push out of it it's just bullshit i really don't Meanwhile, like we it. bumped him down to nxt and probably paying him less yeah yeah even yeah backstage we don't know the real financials of it but just on screen it's just so insulting to so many people myself included and i've been one of the fortunate ones like i said my 2020 has been amazing i'm one of the fortunate ones but even i can empathize and look to my neighbor uh and say like hey they're kind of telling you, uh, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and anything's possible. And it's like, you guys are such fucks. You guys are the biggest fucks. And with that being said, you want to get into picks? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the biggest fucks. Oh, Tom, spitting that anger. Spitting that anger. Yeah, let me get the NXT. But do, but do you understand where this anger is coming from? Like, I know, I know in the five years that we've done this, a lot of the times that I spit my anger, it comes from my own personal just hell that I'm no, living or good, whatever it is. This was like a good, like, you know what I mean? A concern for your fellow man. Uh, you know what I mean? This is, yeah. this is, a, a, this is a deep-hearted Tom. <laughs> yeah, this is, but it's just insulting. Like, just do better. You know, think of others. Like, I don't know. Don't, don't, don't pry on the emotions of the weak. It's very unflattering and insulting. No, that's I, I, no. I, I yeah, I applaud you for for saying that and taking that stand. I, it hadn't occurred to me, and uh, made me think about it. And I agree with you. I Thanks. You. All right, so let's talk about NXT Takeover in your house. Uh, what do you think? First of all. Were you going to have the old school house set, or are they going to come up with some like cool new house set for them to come? What are they going to do? Well, <laughs> by the fucking ways of it, they might take someone's repossessed house and put it on their fucking yeah. set. The <laughs> asshole dickheads. No. <laughs> you might literally go to somebody's house, evict them, and be like, we're doing this in your house. <laughs> 
by the way, you can watch it for only $9.99. <laughs> but not here because you're evicted. God. Uh, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> that would be fucked up. That's uh, a good idea for Vince. Um, Vince, hire oh, me. He's probably already uh, thought of it. Yeah. yeah, he probably has. Um, he's, We're going to do it in Rusev's house. Fire that motherfucker and then evict him. <laughs> yeah, anyhow. Um, I would imagine it's going to look old school. I would not be shocked, uh, assuming he lives in the country, if you don't see a Todd Pettengill in the backstage interviewing Velveteen Dream or something like that. That wouldn't shock me. Uh, I do like the idea of an in-your-house during a pandemic, right? Like, where else are we fucking going? So, um, yeah, I think it's perfect. There, that's good. Right, yeah. I, I, think it, I think it's perfect timing to resurrect that type of pay-per-view right now. Um yeah, generally speaking, well, it's the first time I, I saw the, the two in anything NXT wise, other than yellow, right? But yeah, you know I mean. right. It's always been black and yellow, and this has the purples and yellow, purples and blues Pink. and oranges and all pinks and all that stuff. So yeah, I, it's welcome for me. I I like it. Uh, it harkens back to a time when Shawn Michaels was the WWF champion, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm for it. I, I like the uh, the like you said the the color added to the brand and uh, kind of a, a freshening up of an NXT takeover. All right, well, we'll read this card right off of WWE.com. The iconic pay-per-view tradition that started 25 years ago returns under the black and gold banner for NXT TakeOver in your house. Don't miss three championship clashes, grudge matches, and more streaming on WWE Network on Sunday, June 7th at 7 Eastern for uh, Pacific. Tom, uh, they should hire you to write, and they should hire me to... Uh, do their commercials all right we're gonna start from the bottom it's the best place to start mia yim tegan knox <laughs> and shotzi blackheart taking on candace LeRae, dakota kai and raquel gonzalez tom what say you by the way we're not gonna make you uh eat hot sauce when you inevitably lose these picks we're not even gonna try right we're just gonna make some picks we're not gonna even keep right score yeah track. nxt yeah, WWE and NXT are outside of the betting wagers. This is just our opinions and having fun. Uh, with this match, a six-person tag, uh, I feel like they're going to go baby faces just to start off the card. That's the easiest way to kind of get the usually the crowd invested, but also the viewer invested. Um, so I would imagine Mia Yim gets some type of roll-up over Candice LeRae or something like that. I'm hoping for a big showing from Shotsky. Uh, you know, we saw her, we saw her at a journey pro. I saw her also, also a couple times in evolve. Uh, I'm a big fan of her. I like her little tank that she comes in, uh, makes herself look unique in a women's division that, uh, I think needs it. Um, so I'm hoping that they would win. Uh, and I think they will just cause if that's what starts off the card again, baby faces smile, and then let's move on. I, I, I want to go the same too. Yeah. Just looking at the names and saying like, all right, who are they really rallying around right now? Like, I feel like they've tried the Dakota Kai thing. It's not really hitting, right? Candice LeRae, you know, a little bit of a following, but, I mean, it, the the tandem seems to be, you know what I mean, the bigger than the she does, if that makes sense. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and I think they're pushing Keith Lee and Mia Yim alongside him, you know, and then Tegan Knox. Well, and Shotzi Blackheart, like you're saying, is kind of a focus point. So that's why I went with the Yim, Knox, Blackheart, I think. Um, yeah. All right, All right, what do we got next? Next, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, uh, who we've had on the show before under a different name. Um, but Punishment Martinez. Yeah, Punishment Martinez. Um, uh, 
what do you think here, right? I mean, I feel, uh, I like Damian Priest, but I don't know that you think he's going to win this match. I don't know. Sell me on it. What do you got? Well, uh, Finn Balor has taken a clean loss from Cameron Cameron Grimes, so we do have that in the in the back to think about. You know, as far as the booking of Finn Balor, I kind of feel like this was a great opportunity to push Finn during this coronavirus stay at home kind of stuff to really push Finn to the moon and make him the reinvigorated NXT star. And I don't know if maybe they had plans cause they did start something with Walter, but then obviously Walter can't come back over to the United States uh, and they're kind of doing a plan B with Finn, but I feel like he's kind of lost in the shuffle and just, yeah. And so I wouldn't be shocked if, because they have other things planned for Finn when things get back to air quotes normal uh, that they give this to Damian priest to get him solidified as a top guy. So I'm going to go Damian priest just for that reason, just as it's kind of a throwaway for Finn, but then it obviously adds a lot to the Damian priest character. All right. I'm gonna go with that too. That sounds right. Damian priest. Uh, no, I think you're right. It, it does give him a, a signature win uh, early Right. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you who else he's really beaten. Right. That goes, oh, OK. All right. Right. They're putting this guy. And if they're looking for that, you know, dark side, you know, get the the rocker anarchist crowd behind somebody. Uh, they don't have anybody right now. I think Corey Graves is a the guy they were betting on that a, a little while ago, you know, um, mm-hmm. and didn't, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately what happened with, with there, although, you know, he's turned that into what he's got. But yeah, uh, Damian Priest. Yeah. Yeah. I think could be. I'm going to go with Priest. All right. Well, and you can also, what you could do is give him the win. And then if we're saying like, well, we still have nothing for Finn. Well, then that's when the demon comes out and then they can do a rematch. And now you have this, you know, blade style, uh, metal rocker, Damian priest versus the goddamn demon and Finn Balor. So, you know, you could do another match of this if you let D- Damian priest win the first time. I like it. All right. So then we got the NXT North American championship. Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano. I think Keith Lee's coming away with this. I feel like they're building them up. They're, I don't think, yeah, what's Gargano going to do with the North American Championship that he hasn't done in NXT? So I think Keith Lee wins. Yeah, this one's hard because, like you said, I could easily see, yeah, let's build up Keith Lee to this, you know, juggernaut of a champion and no one can take the belt from him. But then I could also see Johnny Gargano gets the title from shenanigans, and now we're going to make Keith Lee jump through 15 hoops with him and his wife taking on Gargano and his wife and to get the title back. So I think I'm going to lean Gargano just for if Gargano loses, then what, right? He, I, I know he beat Tommaso Ciampa in their final chapter, but he's another kind of just – hanging around kind of guy if he loses. So I think he needs something to hold on to. And as a heel, I think a belt is the best thing. Uh, so that's why I think I'm going to go him. I'm still kind of surprised they went with Gargano in that one. Yeah. Tommaso Ciampa's who made the, the, the feud I thought, but he's, yeah, he's I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Gargano's good. But if you, if I'm, if I'm like, you know, picking from the two, cause I'm going to draft one. And I know you're going to draft the other one. I'm taking Ciampa every time. Yeah, same here. I mean, Gargano is a perfect babyface guy that I could make the everyman kind of storyline with every single time. But, yeah, of the two, I think the more versatile one is Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So you're going Gargano, I'm going Keith Lee. All right. Next, speaking of Tommaso Ciampa, it's Ciampa, right? <laughs> Versus sure. Karrion Cross with Scarlet. Um, ah, same thing, right? Like, what's Champa gonna do that he hasn't done? I can make this same argument. Well, if Champa loses, then what? Well, if Champa wins, then what? Right? So, I, but Karrion Cross, they really want to get this guy over as like, hey, he's gonna eat you right after he beats you, right? Like, he's gonna rip out your liver and eat it. So, um, I don't know, man. What? Uh, ah, God, I'm gonna go with Cross. Yeah, I'm gonna go Cross too. I don't think two losses at takeovers does really anything to diminish what Tommaso is to the brand. So I think he can lose this one, uh, but cross needs something to solidify, you know, standing over a broken body with his hot ass wife and, you know, fucking orchestra and rock music's playing behind him. Like, I think he needs that right off the jump. Uh, yeah, so I would devil? see him winning. Him? Like, what is this guy? Well, it's, well, how many fucking devils do we have now that we're talking this card out? We've yeah. got the fucking Karrion Cross. We got Finn Balor. We got all Damian different kind Priest. of devils, right? Yeah, well, let's just have a devil off. Well, one's let's a demon. A, so Finn Balor is a demon, right? Mm. Let's Damian do a devil's three way. He's just like a priest. He's just, and then maybe Cross is just the. Yeah, no, he's the devil. <laughs> yeah, let's do a devil's three way with them. Priest Cross. Boy, if I had a nickel Finn. for every Devil's Three, ah. I don't even know what that means. I better look that up for you. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Let's look that up. What is a Devil's Three? Don't Google that at work. Yeah, no, don't Google that at work. Urban dictionaries. Oh, uh, when oh, oh, this is pretty innocuous. I guess it says uh, is two dudes, two dudes, one girl. But yeah, I, I said make it three dudes. Well, I don't know what that would be. That'd be is that Devil's? Fatal four-way where no one dies. All right. Uh, <laughs> NXT Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai. Um, I feel like the, any women's division, it's always up for grabs. I, I, who the hell knows? So, um, Rhea Ripley. Let's go with that. Well, you know what? I think, honestly, if you were to be a fly on the wall during the booking of any women's title match, I think they say the same thing. Yeah. I think Vince goes, I don't give a shit. Next, we got to worry about Dude, what's the- Randy Orton doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We gotta, I, I'm worried about this greatest match of all time. Give it to the to the fun-haired one. Who has the Dude, funnest how, hair How bad there? is that we match going to you? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it, again, I told you, it's going to be Babe Ruth calling a shot, and it's going to be a fucking roll-up. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's what it is. Um, but with this match, I think Io Shirai, I, I think she gets the title and then now we can have some fun with all three have been champs, you know, something like that. I don't think we go away from this storyline. I think we're going to keep the three of them connected at the hip for a while. Uh, but with that being said, I think uh, Io needs to be the champ because she's, as far as pecking order, the weakest of the three. Uh, and so that's why I think she's going to win the belt. Yeah, Shirai wins the belt, and then Ripley and Flair earn each other's respect, and then we've got a tag team. Oh, or you could just see, you know, uh, Ripley and Charlotte then battle for the number one contender, and then that's how Ripley gets over the hump on Charlotte, right? Because then she finally avenges her loss from WrestleMania and then goes and gets the title from EO at the next NXT TakeOver. Maybe. All right. Uh, who the hell knows? 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> Great call, Tim. <laughs> All right. For the NXT Championship in a back lot brawl, Velveteen Dream will defeat Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. What say you? Oh, no. Uh, I've got Adam Cole, baby. Uh, retaining the championship because Adam Cole, I think, has to lose the championship to Keith Lee. And so that's why he has to get past Velveteen Dream. I think there's been uh, some rumblings in the storyline of maybe a, a Undisputed Era breakup, specifically Roderick Strong maybe leaving. Um, but maybe. I don't know, uh, I, but I do. I think Adam Cole wins this. I, I've I've read on the dirt sheets, which I hate to admit, uh, but I have seen it on Twitter on my oh, timeline. So you're getting worked on the sheets, is what you're saying? Yes. Well, I've read that this is going to be a theatrical, uh, very similar to their other uh, yep. Boneyard match and and Money in the Bank match. So I think with that being said, you're going to see some appearances from Kyle O'Reilly and the rest of Undisputed Era. Uh, so I think. For that reason, Adam Can Cole. I say, baby. I hope this concept stays for the biggest matches of the card for the biggest pay per views uh, moving forward, right? Like, say the Big Four or whatever. Like NXT's doing a couple big ones. Like, I hope people do these kind of things, right? Get more theatrical. Put some goddamn production value into it, right? Well, I agree with that in regards. So I definitely like the theatrical, let's get a payoff with something cool. I don't necessarily want it to always be at WrestleMania or, you know, whatever it is. Because if I go to WrestleMania and I pay, let's just say, you know, $1,000 for that ticket, I'm not trying to look at yeah, a big screen. You're right. Like, so here's a better idea then. It's, it's, it's almost more just have a team of writers that are writing a story out. And so like they can work on a story and then you can kind of go like, okay, here's an idea. We can use this wrestler and this wrestler and then figure out once you've got that bit, like, okay, well it's May. Let's see what's three months from now. Okay. We'll do this at fucking SummerSlam or whatever. Right. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. If it's out of a backlash or a fighter fest for a W, whatever it is like that, hundred percent, let's do it. Once fans I'm saying are back, obviously, I don't know when that's ever going to happen, to be completely honest, because yeah. <laughs> nothing's changed and there's still no vaccine. Uh, fun fact. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, when fans are able to come back in probably late 2021, um, then, yeah, let's just work it with something random. It doesn't always have to be the pinnacle uh, event, but I do want this to continue. Okay, so in your house, we wrapped it up. What do you think, man? You know, it's still AEW for me, and it's not influenced by my um, air quotes political feelings towards WWE. Um, it's just I feel like NXT's kind of trying to find their next wave of stars or stories. You know, I think the Undisputed Era st uh, storyline has been told. I think, obviously, Ciampa and Gargano's story has been told. Uh, so now trying to find that next Damian Priest, uh, Cross, uh, Cameron Grimes, you know, those kind of things, uh, or those kind of guys, next stories uh, is important because right now they're I think they're kind of floundering as a, as a brand. And... Call me a AEW, you know, Homer or whatever the phrase is, but I just think that's the best wrestling show week in, week out of all the shows. It's it's just, it's so good. I agree with you. 
I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because well, because this NXT takeover, I know it's in your house, but let's just call it what it is. It's takeover. This one feels the most underwhelming in recent memory. And it's not because of no fans and coronavirus. It just feels like, well, what are we saying with Damian Priest and Finn Balor? What are we saying? I I will get Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano's story has been fun, but like where are we going to go with that? And Adam Cole stays as a champion, but then, okay, let's go with Velveteen Dream. What does that look like? I don't know if I'm really interested in that either. Um, so I just, yeah, I feel like they're in this lull where they're waiting for that next wave, that next era of NXT to start. So we'll see what happens, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to watch it. I mean, it, it, the nostalgia thing is going to hook me into making sure I check in, right, to see what, what it looks like. And then, um, you know, they've got a shot. I mean, these solid workers throughout the card. So, I mean, it's not that they're not capable. We know that. It is an interesting setting. But it looks like they're getting things figured out across the board in wrestling as far as that goes. So... Um, with the COVID, you know, limitations and whatnot. So, yeah, and every NXT that I can think of off the top of my head has always been a home run. I'm not saying like this NXT event isn't going to be entertaining. I bet it will be very entertaining. I'm just saying the storyline leading into the storylines leading into this event have been a little bit more underwhelming than usual. Um, I also think with the in your house. If you really want some good PR move, go back to what you did the very first in your house and give a fucking house to someone, right? right. I mean, who needs a house? 40 million people probably do. Just a fun fact. Um, but yeah, go back to that and gain some PR moves there and give a house to someone like you did back in 90, whatever it was with Todd Pettengill yeah. and Sonny. You can go back and like, what happened to that house? It's probably, <laughs> never mind. They don't want to do that. Uh, yeah, don't do it with Sonny though. Sonny's a piece of shit. Staying a, you can't probably trust her to show up on time. But yeah, Todd oh, Pettengill should give away too. a house. You haven't seen that with with the response of the, of the Black Lives Matter stuff. Oh, yeah, she's like saying yeah. white power and stuff in her tweets. Yeah, she's a fuck. Oh yeah, and she was making fun of that, or she was calling that one uh, uh, New Japan female pro wrestler weak for killing herself and stuff. Yeah, she's a she's a piece, she's of, a piece of work. Yep. Uh, but anyhow. Uh, I'm going to be interested. I'm going to watch. I, I expect a, a really good show as they usually do. Um, but I'm excited for fighter fest, right? Yeah, I am. It's free now on TV. It's going to be July 1st, July 8th. Uh, we get two nights of fighter fest. We get some tag matches, uh, tag team title matches, get some uh, TNT title matches, uh, get some probably world championship matches with cage and John Moxley. I'm pumped. AW man. That's the way to go. <laughs> The Spanish announce table. <laughs> <laughs>